0: Everyone, welcome to Zoomies, your dog podcast. I'm Adriana Mion, your local dog trainer from Pet Pals Dog Training. And thank you for joining me this afternoon on Radio Karen. Our doggy chat today will be a very important aspect and a topic that I have very... Tender feelings about (laughs) and uh, little butterflies, uh, simply because it's a very important educational aspect to exchange ideas and opinions with you. So it actually involves children. How the safety dogs and children, how the importance of this, uh, I can't overemphasize enough. And uh, in regards to children, we're going to start talking. Uh, about the children actually coming to dog of leash areas with their parents. Okay, that is something that actually happens more often than you think. And you know, here in Karen, we've got the lovely Roydor Reserve just up there, from uh, not that far away from the pavilion at all. And many times uh, when you bring dogs or you just pass it by, you observe parents, uh, mums, and uh, kids together with the dogs of leash. So, uh, points to mention to you, okay? So the, the children will be involved in toddlers, mums with baby pushers, and kids eating food while inside a dog park. So our opinions are dog trainers. So we're trying to look at the safety aspect for our involved and trying to avoid accidents and bad experiences This that actually can be quite unsafe. Reasons why, let's see. So a dog of Leash Park can have many dogs running very fast, jumping up, high arousal levels of them all, okay? So not all these dogs are actually properly trained on recall and on how to approach people safely and politely, including children. So when these dogs are aroused while playing within a fast-moving dog group, they can many times run into adults. So if that can happen... Can you imagine if they run into a little child, okay? And if this child unbalances and falls on the ground, you'll probably have a spook, and it will be a very scary experience, and it could actually lead to some negative association with dogs later on, and especially if they are at a very young age. So no one would like a child to be scared of dogs in the future. Other point is, for example, kids bring their balls and start playing soccer inside a dog of leash area. The child could easily be chased by one dog or more than one that are just going after the child's balls, Uh, especially when you've got dogs that are very, very, very ball obsessed. You know, some dogs just love balls and they go for all balls around in the park. So the child is likely to be chased. Another, not ideal. So please, if you have to bring your child with your dog to the park, simply because you have no other time to do it, to exercise your dog, keep the child beside you at all times and supervise, supervise, supervise. If a large group of dogs is already present in this Dog of Leash Park, just decide to go for a walk with the dog on the lead outside the park area, okay? Much rather that instead. It's actually a much safer option. Other point is, if kids stop bringing food and snacks to the dog park, what's going to happen? The dog's, you know, child, the child, the little toddler is a very short stature and eye level be on the mouth level of some size dogs and then if the, the food is on the hand and what's happened, the dog's going to come and maybe trying to get some of this food and start crumbling the ground and they'll be around the child. So not a great idea. This food should be consumed outside of the park or leash area on a little bench outside when you sit for a bit of a break, a rest on a table. Have a lead with you. For your dog at all times, so you can easily clip on the dog when it's actually time to leave the area or if there's any reasons that you need to call the, the dog back to you and attach the lead. Please remember to actually bring the dog on a lead when you unload from the car and only remove the lead from the dog's collar once you're inside the dog park area. And the same happens for when you depart. I see many, many times dogs already being released from the car booth, uh, totally free, uh, and that includes even some of the dog walker businesses who use the area, and these dogs just jump out the van totally loose, totally free, without leads attached, and already, you know, so, no, please, leads at all times. So you lead the dog into the area, you get a dog to look at you, and then you calmly release and say, go and play now, Okay. So we are going to go for a short break and you're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen with Adriana Milne. Hey folks, join us at the Radio Caron Trivia Night on Friday the 1st of March at the Karen Patterson Lake Sports Pavilion. Tickets are only $25 per person and includes entry into our door prize and a drink on arrival. Wonderful. Don't pass up this opportunity to win bragging rights for the rest of the year and win some fabulous prizes. Tickets are still available at Radio Caram's website, radiocaram.org. We'll see you there, folks. Welcome back, everyone. We're listening to Zoomies, your dog podcast on Radio Karen. I'm Adriana Milne. So, continuing on the topic of dogs and babies and child safety, I I did a little research and I wanted to share some points with you. So, I found some information on two websites. One is the motherly.com and the other todayparent.com. And we were talking and um, actually I came across the fear phases in children. So some of the points here that I wanted to mention are, for example, at two years of age, at this age, young children can often show some fear of animals or large objects. When the child is around three to four years of age, increasing the developing of their brain, a young child can still be afraid of animals at times. A young child' imagination and capacity to anticipate bad things happening uh, to them can actually increase around this period, three, four years of age. And this came from a, a child psychologist that wrote a blog for the Modely website. And, for example, on the site Today Parents... Dot com There was an example of a mum that told her experience with her daughter Grace, and what happened when Gracie was three years of age and actually got beaten by a dog. So what uh, she describes the mum describes is, when her daughter became so intensely afraid of dogs um, one year later after this event, after Gracie got beaten by a dog at three years, she actually ran down the street screaming. Rather than be near one dog. So the poor child was so, had the image on her uh, mind that she saw a dog and got so scared she went down the street screaming. Did not want to be close to one at all. So the mom started taking her daughter to the library and started showing some uh, photos and drawings of dogs in books. She was using this process of desensitization. When the child is taught to relax, and when the child is exposed to the object on a on a calm manner, so the child doesn't panic, uh, you know, when he sees. So we're trying to desensitize it slowly. It can be use other associations, probably some dog cartoons, but you really want to start showing the image of probably photographs of dogs would be helpful as well. So uh, there are times that uh, some of this uh, situation is so strong that. To try to overcome, you might maybe need uh, to use a child psychologist and then um, a dog trainer guiding you later on in the process. So just to imagine how strong can be uh, the image uh, and the bad traumatic experience that a child can go through, and that's what I was trying to get to the point that why would you put a child in a situation that things can really be dangerous for them? Why? You know, because uh, you don't want a child ever to go through a sort of situation like that, ever. can be actually avoided as much as you possibly can. There are ways to do it. Um, going now to the age of five, six years of age, a child may express concerns of being hurt physically. And that's when uh, five, six years of age, a child can start just becoming like more far more active, start running around the backyard when you got a dog. And uh, you start frenetically, you know, waving the arms, squealing, high-pitched voices. And um, if you've got a very active dog, can start chasing the child. Uh, and um, so that's why it's so important to monitor and supervise at all times because if a child then stumble, falls on the, on the grass, on the lawn, or on the ground, the child could just come on top, a bit excited, and uh, you want to be sure the child doesn't start getting mouthed by the dog. Okay, so very important to teach as well the dog to approach the child on a polite manner. So that's why a bad experience involving a dog can become so very scary for a young kid. Yeah, so I was mentioning the sphere phases in the chi- children's life, obviously then this, when they're a bit older, but they can they start growing a bit more, so a bit taller, and they start having a level of understanding at 6 to 10 years of age that um, you know, with the guidance of the parents, they can start coming side by side with the parent taking the dog on a walk and start having a better understanding of how to help feeding a dog and uh, helping the the household on looking after the dog bit by bit. Right, so that's very, very important things. So let's talk now at home, keeping our safe around dogs and children. So some of the suggestions is a dog trainer that I'll have to a parent uh, that has dogs and children, kids in the same household, would be, for example, using baby gates to separate areas, especially when a new baby has arrived, until the dog actually gets used to the new different smells and sounds that the, the baby would have. To actually have a baby play area, where you put little baby toys uh, fenced off, blocked off from the dog access, and a dog play area. So they're both kept totally separate. The puppy or dog to still have a quiet area on the household where it can relax, snooze, and have its calm place to have a little sleep, it feels like, in its space. As um, a puppy, or if the puppy or the dog... uh, Grows, uh, you can start monitoring all the interactions. You know, continue monitoring all the interactions when they are nearby your child and guide your dog uh, to have successful approaches when approaching a child. If anything doesn't happen uh, uh, the way you'd like, uh, please look for help straight away from a pro- professional force free dog trainer. Never ever leave your child and your dog alone without supervision. As the child grows, uh, and toddlers' toys start spreading all over the house, keep the child play area separate from the dog once again. For example, as well, on the child's bedroom, you can still have a baby gate on the door, right on the front door. Because otherwise, if the, the toys are over the carpet, the dog, when nobody's watching or when the kid's playing, have things spread and really entertaining itself, the dog can just come and start stealing the toys and, you know, mouthing and just taking it away. So... And you know when the dog grabs an object and starts being chased, it just becomes a game for them, and that's a unwanted behavior. You don't want to continue. And what happens when the baby is eating its meals? They are messy on them. They just spread the food all over the place on top of the the little tray on the high chair. It falls on the ground, anything around. So during meal times, the babies can be pretty messy, as I said. So. Don't have the dog around the baby's high chair, please. We're just on the bottom. They're waiting for the scraps to fall from the sky, to fall from the baby chair on the ground. And they're very clever. They know their chance is there, and they'll be coming for more if that happens. So this actually is going to become a really bad habit for the dog, as I said. And once the baby starts crawling and later giving its first steps, when the child then starts holding food in the hand, the dog can actually come at their level and start snapping things uh, from the child because it's easy target, you know, and that, that's another habit that you don't want to continue and it could become nasty, okay? The, the child can start being targeted by the dog every time start eating on the house. So the suggestion options that I have for you would be teach the dog to stay at the mat, so you need to start set- teaching settling on the mat, during the baby's meal time. So, th- for example, the dog can have a few chewy toy to entertain itself, a field Kong, or some kind of environment enrichment food dispenser toy, and an activity to do on that settling surface. Or, and you supervise, okay? So, keep working on settling and rewarding the dog for staying on the mat. Or keep the dog on a separate area on these circumstances, okay? So now we are going to go for another short break and we'll be back with you in a tick. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nice. IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Zoomies with Adriana Milne from Pet Pals Dog Training on Radio Karen. So some other safety recommendations for dogs and children that I wanted to just recap with you because I mentioned this on episode podcast number two, but I wanted to recap since today the podcast is mostly dedicated for children and dog safety, a safe household for all. So will be some recommendations. Let's see. No child under 10 years of age should be left unsupervised with dogs. Emphasize that the dog should only be socialized with children under direct supervision of a responsible and knowledgeable adult. The dog should be taught how to behave around children under supervision once more and should be reinforced for our calm, friendly, and polite behavior around the child. So please guide the dog's interaction around the children so they learn from you the right behavior. The dog should always be provided safe haven. That's what I mentioned before. Parents and adults should teach their children to treat the dog with respect and gentleness. Kids uh, can be sometimes very... um, they can see a dog almost like a, a little toy, think like a this furry, soft toy, nice to squeeze and you know squash. But dogs are quite different, and they can have powerful jaws. So it's very important that your child learn that the dog's needs are different. You know that they cannot be poked, don't like being squeezed or stare at, and not, uh, to be the touch to be a gentle touch, not a hard touch. that hurts. And, for example, when they're sleeping and they're very just relaxing, snoozing, please not to have your child poking onto them and start waking them up they don't like. They could get a spook and could growl uh, out of fright. And uh, in some situations have happened that actually children got bitten that way. If your dog got a, is eating its meal or having a dog bone, just let your child give it space, okay? And it has time to cuddle the dog later on. So the children ought to run wildly, screaming or waving arms, because when they do that, if you got very excited dog, sometimes, especially a puppy, could start nipping at their heels. And when you've got waving arms, uh, they can try to jump up to see what the child's got in its hands, and the screaming, high-pitched voice just arouses them. OK, so if there are a group of children coming to visit, supervision of the group may be a little bit difficult, but it's actually better in those occasions until the dog is more used to that aspect to have the dog just put in a bit of separate area during the duration of the visit. Or maybe have the dog on a lead approaching one child at a time and ensure the children cannot let the dog get out of that area that it chooses. As I said, when the dog is eating, safe heaven. And toys can be an issue. So all the the time the dog is playing with toys, the owner to be supervising the play. So you don't want the dog be snapping a child or resource, resource guarding the toys and protecting the toys from the child. So... Um, so the children will be nice. Children love dogs, love pets, and they can actually be taught some safe games to play with the dogs so they can learn as well and just be entertained and participate, have interactions with the dog on a fun manner. So they can, you can teach them catch, find it, tracking, little treats, you know, uh, hide things in the backyard. When I had my puppy, I, when she was young, about four months of age, I started teaching the names of some of the toys, and then once st- she learned very well, I started hiding. them when she wasn't looking, and then I went <laughs> on the backyard saying, say, for example, there was one, the burger that she loved. So I hid from her, and then I'll say, Kelly, where's burger? Where's burger? Where's burger? And then she went looking, 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 looking. So I said, find burger, find burger. So this gave her some nice amusement things, a very cute little game to play, very simple but very cute. And sometimes it's spreading part of the kibble on the grass and saying, find it. So they like sniff and they search for the um, their food. You know, they get rewarded by chasing and they use the, the nose very much the way you like them to. So we are going to go for another tiny break. And it'll be short, very shortly in a tick back with you. You're listening to Zoomies with Adriana on Radio Karen. <music> Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache or you don't feel right Or if we have have a nasty rash, (laughs) keeping you up at night, (laughs) don't worry (laughs) worry about about a thing, thing. don't worry, (laughs) cause Atticus's help will make (laughs) you feel alright. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to Zoomies, your doggy podcast with Adriana on Radio Karen. Now talking about lead walking your dog having the dog on the lead while you are street walking with dog and having your baby pusher the baby inside the baby pusher okay so you've got your child your baby and you want to take the baby out and to lead walk your dog side by side on the street so the situations I would suggest the mum to hold the dog lead and then uh, leads the the baby pusher with the other hand. But if your dog is totally new to this experience, well, there's some options you can have. For example, a little help from your friend, such as the dog trainer here, myself, (laughs) can come a long way and help you, okay? Teaching a dog to walk calmly and probably to learn to shorten its stride because you've got a baby pusher now, so very likely you'll be walking on a slower pace. So we, there's ways to teach this for the dog. And it would actually be a very great idea to have your baby, um, once he gets a bit older, introduce the dog to the pram or the baby pusher before they actually the baby arrives and gets that stage to go out with you on a pusher. Because you want that your dog is going to make positive associations with the object. For example, when your dog sees the pusher, have a dog treat pouch handy with you and help prepare high-value treats inside this treat pouch so you can give to the dog. So association, the sight of a baby pusher, it equals good things happen, good things come the dog's way, a high-value reward treat. You can practice a little bit outside with your dog on a lead and the baby pusher, but no baby inside the pusher as yet. You can practice, observe as well, your dog body language, how it takes to the object, to the pusher being nearby, if he's going to be scared or if he's quite relaxed about. Do short sessions and always please finish on a very positive note. Once all goes well, you can then put the baby inside and try it. But do once again very short sessions and always keep it positive. Try to go out on a low peak times with your baby. So you have time to get your dog used to the new idea. So on regards to the children and safety, that's that's the end of this part for now. Now I wanted to talk something else with you about the Kingston Council. On its website, there's a section that you can actually sign and have your say. The Have Your Say is a section that you can have a say of anything that's council-related on the area where you live. And in regards to pet ownership, on the website, the Kingston actually it is right now asking input from the Kingston local residents and asking opinions in regard to should it be mandatory to dissect dogs? What do you think? At present as it stands... It is mandatory requirements to desex puppies at twelve weeks of age, unless the dog is registered with Dogs Victoria, or you have a letter from your regular vet that states that your dog should be desexed at a later age. So please, let's participate and voice our opinions. It is a great chance to do it. For this, please, you actually go to the website, your Kingston Oursay.com.au slash mandatory hyphen gsexing. In the same uh, website, but the period of input was closed, is already closed for this next session that I'm talking about, I recently provided my input on the council recent review in regards how many dogs, a dog walker should walk in dog parks. And uh, because so far there's no limit. So, for example, either a person who has dogs or a business who provides dog walking service can come with 10 dogs per handler and just release them on a park, and there's no limit. It's actually been happening for a while. Uh, Some of the dog walker businesses from other areas coming to Kingston because we have no limits. And there has been a problem because, well, it's starting to affect many aspects on this. Uh, One is... That don't always some are great handlers, but some others just don't keep an eye on our dogs. Don't ask recall. Don't ask for the dogs to come back to them. And if an emergency happens, if you got ten dogs, there's no way you have control under the ten dogs. So how are you gonna remove, you know, and go put them back on a van? Another point is that the local residents start having enough sometimes because these uh, start taking over their space, their community, local space. If they got a shy dog and a bit more timid or a dog that's just being, for example, rehomed from the shelter environment and is learning more socialization, it could be overwhelming for them. And uh, a lot of dog pools as well. Like uh, recently I had a couple consultations on the Roy Door Reserve and the amount of dog pool left behind without being picked up was very concerning. And, uh, you know, you need to, to pick up even, always bring with you a little pool bag. Don't, ex- don't expect the council just have replenished all the pool bags on the little on uh, the portable thing there, because sometimes the bags run out, and it takes quite a few days for the ranger to come back and replenish. So, always, always, you pick the dog lead, have your treat pouch with few high-value treats, and the pull bags inside. Like before you walk through the door, should be just like part of almost like of your clothes. That's the standard when you go out with your dog. So then, is uh, the chance? And my opinion was. I mean, uh, I have no problem saying that. In the past, I have been a dog walker, never took more than four or five dogs at the time uh, on a park. And they were all dogs, very highly trained, coming from my classes. They were schoolmasters, You know, they were very nicely matched, the groups. And I observed the dogs that were present on the environment. If I didn't like something I see on the dog before I actually arrive inside the dog park, if I didn't, let, didn't like any particular dog, didn't think they were safe, I would not go in at all or not take any risks. So uh, I think actually maximum would be four per handler. And uh, that would affect the number and the amount of money some of the businesses will make overall in a year, in the profit margins, but it's a matter of safety and to have them under control of this person. Some business might have a second person in the van, then that person then could have another four. So if a van big enough, eight. But honestly, four would be the limit. And that is for obviously when they're outside on the street. On the street, uh, my opinion was you should, if they're well trained, maximum three dogs on a lead, on no more at all than that. You see those photos, like in some of the countries, South America. You've got like Argentina, for example, Buenos Aires, got a lot of dog walkers who have all the dogs like tied up together in a bundle. Sometimes eight, ten dogs being walked on a lead on the street. Well, it can look quite entertaining for a photograph aspect and effect, but yeah, how I can you imagine if you have eight dogs tied on a, <laughs> all connected together on the top on, on one lead, tied up on a bundle? If you have to go inside someone's house to pick the next one, where are gonna gonna leave them waiting for you until the other joins? Are you gonna take these eight dogs inside the person's home <laughs> or live on a street tied to a post? Very dangerous. What about the cars or, or being stolen? You don't want that here. Honestly, that's something you don't want in Australia. In America as well, you see a lot. Uh, in Central Park, they've got a lot of these large group dogs, of dog walkers. I think, please, uh, let's keep it safe and nice for all. You know, can you imagine all the streets with all these dogs? No, no, no. And uh, even South America, like I uh, was visiting family in August, and there were some dog walkers on bikes, bike riding, and having four or five dogs holding in one hand. Uh, Yeah, you're in traffic, guys. (laughs) Very unsafe. So, no, that is not suitable for us. We don't want to go that way. So, that's my um, wrap-up for the day. And uh, in terms of events coming up, we will be having the pet show mid-April at the Melbourne Royal Showgrounds. And uh, that's one that I participated last year. I was one of the speakers at that event. It was lovely. And uh, so, we'll be... Very interesting because they've got the cat town, we've got still the dog town and the small animals uh, town. So it will be uh, very educational and it's great to approach and see businesses and have listening to the talks and uh, the grooming competitions. There's a lot of excitement there. So I think that's it for today. And I uh, had a great pleasure to be with you. And uh, we are wrapping up and end of the show. Have a wonderful weekend with your dogs.